Warning, the content you're about to hear has been identified as containing adult materials that may not be appropriate for all ages. This is Slapdash Hodgepodge, your random podcast. Alright, this is Slapdash Hodgepodge. Uh, this is Carlin. I am just with a guest this evening to do a uh, short little intro podcast. My um, guest this evening is Will. Oh, go ahead. Oh, hi. How you doing? All right. So tonight we'll be discussing. Um, well, basically, we'll be doing a pocket dump between myself and Will of what we're currently carrying on a defensive side of things, mm-hmm. and then we'll probably break into discussion of uh, best carry handguns under five hundred dollars. So, Will, let's go ahead and start the pocket dump off with you. All right. So basically, what I try to carry with me every day. Um, Basically, if I'm not at work, I've got a gun on my hip uh, of, of some kind. Uh, most most days I'm carrying, I'm carrying my, uh, my uh, Colt 45. It's got to be my officer's model. Uh, I used to carry the full 5-inch government-issue model, but like the uh, the more compact size, better, a little easier to handle around, especially for, con- for concealing purposes. Um, at the moment, the holster I'm using, um, they were running a deal on Valentine's Day, of all things, and picked up one of the VersaCarry, I believe they're called the Commander, I think that's what that holster's called, Um, and this one in particular, it's got a built-in mag pouch built into the holster, and uh, picked it up, I think it was like $14 or $25 or something like that, so in the regular like $60, so I said I'll try one out, and so far so good, I mean it's a comfortable holster, uh, allows me to have extra magazine. And the big thing with... No, it's an outside-the-waistband holster. It is an outside-the-waistband holster. And the thing that I do like about this one is I'm bad about, you know, sure, I've got extra mags in my truck. I've got extra mags laying everywhere. But physically remembering to put it on my person is the issue. So basically, you're saying that when you carry nine times out of ten, it's you're just one mag wonder. One mag wonder. Um, You know, I'm not one of those I don't believe that I need, you know, to carry 60 rounds like some people do. Um, nine times out of ten, if I need, in my thought process, if I need more than ten rounds, uh, I've got bigger, bigger problems to worry about than, uh, you know what I'm saying. So, uh, you know, that's, that is my, as far as the weapon goes, um, with those, I, I do carry the nine round SIG, um, magazines for them. Um, they have the, the pinky extensions on them, just makes the grip on the weapon a little better. Um, then for a pocket knife, I carry a, uh, case trapper, which is a, a dual bladed. Um, this particular one is a stainless bladed. Um, keep it, uh, pretty sharp. Got a guy on the job that does a pretty good job of sharpening them. And, uh, a lot better than I could do. So every time I run across that guy on the job, I get him to take care of that edge for me. That's, um... And for stainless, to be able to keep stainless that sharp, that's yeah, that's that's a good a uh, good shaver with. So I mean, it's like a a sixty dollar knife. I mean, you can pretty much do whatever you want with it. Um, actually, when I went hunting back in, I guess it was January, I actually skinned the coon with it while I was, I was nice. out there with that pocket knife. So uh, it does very well for what it is. Um, a little on the larger side. Of pocket knives as far as lengthwise. Yeah, it's one of the um, bigger case models. But it is it is a fantastic knife. This particular one has the bison horn uh, grips on it, which if, 
and you know me or whatnot, I've kind of got an obsession with with Ravens and with Buffaloes. Why, I don't know. It's just my two things. He wants the expensive things out of life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, then, obviously, uh, moving on from that, I always carry, I don't have it on me because we get out of the truck, less than the truck, um, those field, uh, field notes notebooks. Okay. Um, actually, nope, I don't have mine on me. I carry... Um, a, uh, it's a leather, you know those leather sleeves that you can get for them? Yeah. Basically, yeah. So I got one of those for Christmas. Um, keep that in there, along with an extra notebook tucked behind that, and then a Fisher Space Pen, the Bullet Fisher Space Pen. It doesn't take a lot of space. Gotcha. That way you've always got a uh, pen and paper to write anything that goes on around yes. you. Yes. Uh, when I was in school, the uh, the mentor I had for that particular job, he always told me, he's like, I don't care if you got your gun on or not, but you better always have a pen and paper with you. Better, better be able to take good notes. Yep. So, um, then with, uh, I've always got some kind of small med pouch, um, nearby. This is usually a, um, either clipped on his belt or something like that. And this particular one, this, um, this pouch is made by ITS Tactical. Um, I think with Zulu gear, I think who actually uh, Yeah, I think form. Zulu gear makes the pouch, ITS sells uh, it. It's just, uh... This nylon, yeah, just your 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 typical nylon pouch um, with elastic in it. And you can pretty much put whatever you want. I've seen people put field notes in these. They'll go. I mean, the way they're made, you can put them on a duty a duty belt. Um, you can molly them onto something. Um, this one, I'll just slide in my back pocket. And in it, we got a set of gloves, Israeli bandage, uh, some combat gauze built into there. Um, I would like to add a. Uh, soft tourniquet to it at some point in time just a matter of buying one i have a abundance of cat tourniquets and those aren't really compact by any stretch of the imagination those are not easy to carry on your person on a daily basis unless you're wearing a vest or a duty belt and even then it can get exactly get in the way um and the one thing new i've been trying out i've been trying to get into lock picking uh not so much for you know any kind of criminal purpose nothing like that it's just i try to look as okay if I'm in a situation where I might need to get out of a room or, um, you know, need to, you know, life or death situation, need to get through something that's got a lock on it. So it's a skill I'm trying to pick up on, trying to work on it. But ITS Tactical also produces, they call their OSS. Um, it's basically a miniature lock pick set. It folds up into, into four different tools. This one in particular has a, um, I'm drawing a blank on what it's called right now. Anyways, uh, it's got basically one where you can do house key or house locks, uh, padlocks. Um, it's got a little tiny escape saw on it and a single pick. So if you know if you want to pick the the locks and or the pins individually on a lock, you can do it that way. And other than my wallet and got a can of Copenhagen always. <laughs> um, and cell phone, I mean, that's pretty much it for what I carry on my person. At all Your keys? Time. Keys, keys always stay with me. Got my truck keys. I keep a beer bottle opener on here. And this thing right here, I tell you what, this is, obviously I know y'all can't see this, but it is a, a tile key tracker. And this literally has saved my ass several times. Like when I was out working in Texas, had a guy, I rode with me that day to work from the hotel. He had to go back to the truck and get something. He left my keys in the golf cart instead of putting them back in my bag. 
couldn't find my keys anywhere. We had everybody, he didn't even know we did my keys. We were, everybody looked for these keys. But that tile tracker connects to your phone. And so I was like, well, let me get my phone. Got my phone. And when I got in range of wherever my keys were at, I hit the ring button. Keychain starts ringing. Found my keys. No big deal. Um, somebody give me that one. Now, with the tile thing, is it a charge? Do you have to charge that, or is it battery? It's battery. Uh, they usually last, I think, battery life. To my hours use it was around two years. Okay. So I think it's 20 or $30 for the tile. Um, but yeah, they're a little bit on the pricier side, but they're well worth it. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing about this particular one is you can push the center button here and... Well, I'll say that and it won't do it now. Usually it'll make your phone ring. Um, so, so if you lose your phone... If you lose your phone, you can... Okay, we're good now. Lose your phone, you can call... You know, if you got your keys, you can find your phone that way. Okay. So it works both ways, but it works good. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for what I carry on my person pretty much every day. Um, either between, you know, like I said, the 45 or, you know, depend on what I'm wearing, I might carry my 38 special. Um, you usually reserve that more for dress clothes or? Uh, dress clothes. Um, if I'm wearing shorts, um, which is a rare occasion for me in general, that yeah. usually is going to mean, um, you know, out in the park or boating. And I, you know, definitely don't want anybody to see what I've got. So I'll carry the smaller package at that point. Gotcha. All right, so um, we'll move on to me. My everyday pocket carry, um, nine times out of ten, I've got a pistol on me in an Alien Gear shapeshift holster. Mm -hmm. um, it's either my 40 or my 45 Springfield XD, or sorry, it's usually my MMP Shield, nine or, or 40 or 45. Um, I carry one spare mag. I have a knife of some sort on me at all times. Uh, today I've got a Gerber assisted open, a little tactical knife, a little Tanto blade. Little. That's a little knife for me, man. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's a true. little that's knife. True. That's true. Um, its total blade length is maybe three inches. So that's that's a little knife for me. Uh, let's see. I've also got my tin of dip, uh, camel snus, because damn the military for picking up the habit. Yep. Um, let's see. If I know I'm going out with certain people, I will carry a book of matches and a uh, shell casing because some of us are pipe smokers. And we had an incident the other night where we had a barbecue and we were smoking pipes, but didn't have a tamp for our pipes. Is that a 458 SOCOM brass? Um, yes, it is a 458 SOCOM spent brass. Um, big freaking round. Um, and then, other than that, I've got my little uh, RDIF blocking wallet with money clip on it. Other than that, that is about all that I carry on my person. Um, nine times out of ten, I normally have a little small go bag with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do too as well. And most of my gear rides in that go bag because yep. sometimes I like the pants I have on today. They're wonderful weatherproof pants but their pockets are too small for me to carry anything. Inside that go bag, I've got currently a AR pistol with a uh, folding stock adapter, so it all fits into one little nice neat package. I've got two sets of field notes, notebooks. Mm -hmm. One is uh, grid paper, mm -hmm. and the other is straight line. Mm -hmm. And then I have my day planner, which is through field notes as well. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a couple pens, 
two spare AR mags. In the AR, there is the 10-round mag, mm. and then I have two spare 30-round mags. I gotcha. Just in case. Um, and there's also a small plate mm. in my bag. It's um, out of my plate set. It came out as one of the side armor pieces, mm. but I don't ever wear the side armor, so... It's in my bag, just in case. Oh, yeah, you never know. Um, and then I've got a cat tourniquet as- attached to the side mm-hmm. of the bag. That's pretty much what I do with uh, that tan bag. It's got... Um, that one, I actually keep a buttload of medical supplies. And, uh, I mean, you never know. I mean, especially with the kind of work I do. Uh, yeah. You know, you never know what you're going to come across. Um, and as far as medical supplies, I, I don't carry as much as I should, mm-hmm. and I know that. Mm-hmm. But it's because I haven't had the actual training to need to use them. Yeah. Like, I can use a tourniquet, and I can use a gunshot wound kit. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I've got it. I don't really know how to use it. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's always good to, you know, to know how to use it. But at the same time, you know, I, I also look as everything I have in there, I may not personally know how to use or be trained to. But hopefully there's somebody there. Last ditch effort, somebody around is going to know the exactly. training on it. Exactly. So that's the way I try to go with it, you know, with the... The, that was the whole reason, you know, especially with, with me right now, building the AR pistol, that one will go. I don't know if it's necessarily in that bag. Uh, um, you may have to do a Dolos kit to put it in that bag. Um, I was either thinking, I thought about the Dolos, but I was thinking for, like, you know, to me, that bag draws a little bit of attention. Right. I was thinking that, that you know, just regular Canva- canvas. Yeah, a know, canvas. Uh, laptop bag. Yeah. Um, that would pretty much, I think that would. That would, that would fit more with the gray movement. Yeah. So, okay, I, I mean, would you say that is it for the, the pocket dump and what we carry in the truck and everything? Um, I'll just call it the pocket dump in our go bag. Okay, I'm not going to call it the truck. So yeah, because there's, there's things that I could carry in my I vehicle. I my truck for months. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that would be about it for our uh, pocket dump on this episode. If you, the fans, like this, I'll do a pocket dump sporadically throughout our episodes, um, just so you can see what myself and Steven are carrying, or whatever our other guests are carrying at the time. This one was kind of an impromptu type deal, but that's what we carry. Um, So let's move on to our next subtopic, which is entry-level carry firearms under $500. So, do you want to start us off on that, Will? Well, if anybody knows me, they know that I am a fan of 1911s. I've probably, let's see, right now I currently own four. And every one of them, with the exception of my Springfield, is going to be under the $500 range. Um, Springfield, I like it. But it is not my favorite that I have. Uh, my favorite one that I do have as far as 1911, and is, like I said, also falls under the $500 range, is my um, Rock Island Arm- Armory. It's the TAC FS Ultra. That's the one you got from Drew, right? Yes, that's the one I bought from Drew. Um, yeah, that one if, is it, if it doesn't fire. fall under the $500 range, it is not far above it. If if any, I don't. I, I do. I think MSRP on that gun is just over five. Just over five. Um, you know, and then you've got your Springfield. I mean, not your Springfield. You got your Rock Island Armory. Uh, your government model. Those run about four forty all okay. day long. Um, and like the one that I carry, the officer's model. 
Now, is the officer's model Rock Island as well? The officer's model is Rock Island as well. Um, and it actually is, it costs $15 more than the full size. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm assuming because there's less of them produced. Sure. Um, you know, we'll call it. We'll go with that. Supply and demand. What, how, however they justify Justified. charging more for less gun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Maybe um, it's the, the bluing that they put on it is different. Sure. Maybe. Maybe. Um, you know, but I, I, I like the 1911 uh, as far as, you know, for anybody starting out. I mean, it's one of those things where the weight's good on it. You get the bigger round, but with the weight, you don't have all the recoil that a lot of people are scared of with 45, you know, because that's, that's why a lot of people don't carry 45 is because they're scared of the recoil. To me, it doesn't have a recoil. I grew up shooting a 45. My dad had a 45. Yeah, um, that's the same with me. I 45 yeah. is my go-to carry gun. Exactly. There is no recoil in my you know, opinion. And and a lot of things people don't think about when they get into carrying is they think, okay, if I need a gun to defend myself, you know, what am I going to need to stop that person? Technically, a 22, a 22 would do that if you you know know how to place a shot like that under pressure. But the fact of... You said it. Yeah, under you have pressure. to be able to place that shot mm-hmm. every single time under pressure. But and nine ninety percent of the shooters in America that carry a gun can't can't do that. And the thing is, is that what a lot of people don't also realize when it comes to carrying guns, there's a lot of legalities that go into it. Meaning, the reason that I personally do not carry nine millimeter, nine millimeter nine times out of ten will go right through somebody. Yep. Even a hollow point, if you're not careful, will go through somebody depending on what their body size is. So, my thinking behind that is, okay, if, you know, I'm about to get shot, you're standing 10 feet behind them, I shoot them, it goes through them and kills you. Well, now I'm on the hook for murder, or for involuntary manslaughter. It would be involuntary manslaughter Um, in that case. You know, so I want a round that's going to stop and embed in them, Mm -hmm. and that's why I go to 45. Um, Even 40 caliber is the same thing. If 40 caliber... By a lot of people, I don't necessarily agree with it, but a lot of people, a 40 caliber is said to be the perfect round because you do have the speed of a 9mm. But along the supposed power of a 45. You have the knockdown power of a 45. The problem is, is 40 is mostly carried in Glock 22s, mm-hmm. and Glock 22 is just a terrible, a terrible gun. It was because, a gun that Glock never really should have made. Yes, because... The gun is too light to handle the kick because to me, in my and to me, a forty kicks less than a forty-five does. Then most forty-fives that are shot because most forty-fives are heavier weighted frame. Right. So the recoil, the recoil is less. So we'll say that basically forty is a hot round, and that light frame just can't. It can't handle the, can't the handle. weight of the round. Yeah. So, um, so most people don't carry forty. I mean, forty is a to me forty is a good round. It's just not used by a lot of people because there's not a whole and I personally carry a 40 mm-hmm. on occasion like yep. it's 40 or 45 for yep. me um, really and truly I see no difference in the two when mm-hmm. I shoot them but that's also in a Springfield right uh, no that's in the MMP MMP the shields okay because I don't carry my Springfields as much as I used to okay I'm, I rotate between my my MMPs now okay um, I would say, so I would say, you know, that's 1911. That's my reason for using 1911 for a gun that's under $500. Probably the next one that I would say offhand and we'll, I guess we'll stay with automatics at the moment and go to revolvers and such. Yeah, we can do that. Um, I would say the shield. 
the shield is a great what 350 bucks depending on where you buy um, it it all depends it's either anywhere from 350 to 400 okay if you get the performance series shield you're looking at more 400 okay now what's the difference between a performance shield the performance series shield is a ported barrel okay and has true glow sights okay that is really and truly the only difference and then on the 45 they change the stippling on the uh, grip okay and that's something a lot of people don't think about is, uh, you know, true glow sights, you know, or, you know, any kind of fiber optic. Like I was discussing that with Drew the other day. I was having an issue um, shooting at the indoor range we were shooting at uh, with the low lighting. I couldn't see. The, I wasn't picking up on my front, front sight very well. You know, brought out my, my TAC 1911, which does have a fiber optic front sight on it. Pick it up easy, no hard, you know, it was easy to see. So now in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you know, and for a lot of people that don't know it, if you don't have night sights or don't want to pay the money for them, you can take glow-in-the-dark fingernail polish and put on the back. Works just sight. as well. Works just as well. Um, you just have to replace it every three years to yeah. keep the glow-in-the-darkness glow of it. the dark or unless you just wear it off. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, me thinking that, okay, well, I didn't pick up well in that dark environment. You know, I'm thinking about either going and getting something bright orange, putting on there, eventually changing out to a fiber optic sight, um, you know, just something temporary. So maybe that's something to think about, you know, when you you know you start you know looking for something to buy, maybe looking for something that has those sights on it. Yeah, if you're looking for just a straight, I'll say black and white sight, because mm. most of them are black with a white dot on them. Mm. Um, most of you, most of your guns under five hundred dollars, it's gonna have either solid black sights or black and white sights. Spend a little extra money and get a fiber optic or a night glow or something like that. Um, just to help with low light environments. Let's see. The shield, while we're still on mm -hmm. it, um, it's offered in 9, 40, and 45. Didn't know it was offered in 45. Yep, because I have it in 45. So even for your entry level guns, um, you've got your main three calibers. Okay. I think the 45 one may be just over 5 or mm -hmm. just right at 5. But at that point, you're getting a 45 for everyday carry. It's a two-inch barrel. Mm. It's not 100% practical mm. because then you cut down your range, your mm. effective range of the 45. Yep. But it is still bang for your buck, basically. Yeah. Um, so going to, I would say probably one of the nicest ones that I would like to own at some point in time is going to be the... Drawing a blank on what it is right now. Uh, I'll come back to that. Uh, one that I do like is the Canic TP9. Uh, Canics are... I'm trying to remember who they're. They're Turkish. Yeah, and they're really a Turkish clone of the XD series. Mm. But they've put their own twist on it. Mm -hmm. um, I've not shot a Canics, but a buddy of mine's got one. And I handled it. And it felt comfortable in my hand. I've got medium-sized hands, and it felt comfortable. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing about it is the way the grip is made. That's what I like about it. It breaks down like a like a Glock does, um, you know. But the grip on it is, and and that, that's what it was made for. Is uh, for most people probably don't know. Um, you can own a firearm in Turkey, but import and export is a son of a bitch. Right with Turkey. Um, you know, I've, I have a buddy of mine that lives in Turkey. He's he's from Turkey, lived here in the States for years, and now he's back over there serving in the Turkish military. 
um, a Glock that we that we'll pay four hundred dollars for. Um, they charge six thousand U.S. dollars for in Turkey. So, and that's mostly just because the importer's covering his fees to get that gun in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I would think another one. What is your thought on the Springfield XDS? Uh, okay, the XDS being a single stack, mm-hmm. I think it's pointless. Okay. Like, I understand that there's people that are diehard single-stack fans. You're one of them. Well, I'm not a diehard single-stack fan. If I had a double-stack 1911, I would carry one. But, that's, you know... But I think, honestly, single-stacks are not good for entry-level. Okay. Okay. Because at that point, you're then only... You're limited. Mm -hmm. And heaven forbid you ever actually have to use your gun to eight shots. Because as we discussed before, nine times out of ten, we both forget to carry a mag. Yep. Single stack or not, we both forget to carry a mag. Yep. So that is... Okay. I, I, I agree with that and I understand that. Um, we have to mention Glocks in this. We do. Uh, neither of us are super Glock fans. No. I do have one more before we get into Glock. Though, okay. That I think is a good one. Um... It is the FN9C. I like the FN9C. All right, so FN, I like the way they feel with the same respect that I like the way the Canic feels in my hand. Okay. But the FN9C, everything on it is ambidextrous. It is compact. Well, I think that's true with all, all FN. It might be all FN. I think it's all FN product, the products. The FN9C are. is the only one that I have personally held in shock because a buddy of mine owns one. It's a fun gun to shoot. It is a fun gun to shoot. It is comfortable to shoot. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's one gun that I would like to, at some point, add into my collection. See, I would rather have an FN 5.7 to add okay. to my collection than the okay. 9C. Just because I like the weird round. And then, have we covered anything 380? I feel like we need to throw something in that range. I don't know a lot of people, but you also have to understand, you have a lot of women that won't carry a 9, that won't carry... Very true, very true. Um... I would honestly recommend the Taurus, TCL, RCL, Taurus's little 380. Now, let me, I will say this. I had the Taurus LCP. Worst shooting gun I've ever had. Every oh. every third round every third <laughs> round jammed. Um, and when it jammed, it was like slide, lock, back, jam. Oh, this, You're going to have to beat this against something to get it broken yeah, loose. They're horrible jams. But for a free gun, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, and I, what happened to that free gun? Somebody broke into my truck and stole it out. So, yeah, I mean it's not a bad little gun. No. Um, we'll stick with the same lines. The Ruger LCP. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same gun, mm-hmm. just a little bit more rounded. Um, the Taurus is more squared. Mm-hmm. It's a good little gun. That is about the only, with the exception of getting into Ruger match grade pistols. Yeah. That's probably the only Ruger pistol that I like. And the problem I have with Ruger with their double actions is they don't take much into account for ergonomics. Nope. For the way they break down. And the trigger pull is long as hell. Yep. And they're not adjustable that I know of. No. So that is my... The only adjustment you can get on that is you change the the whole trigger trigger system out. That is my beef with Ruger. Now, their match grade, you know, their, their Mark IVs or whatever, 22 match grade, you know, you get another stuff. Phenomenal weapons. They're 1911s. Phenomenal. Yes. yes. Other than that, not a fan of Ruger. No. Um, as far as their pistols go. 
Um, you know, I, I, have I mean, some, I'm a fan of their rifles. But I, I'm yeah, a fan of their rifles. Their I'm pistols, just, their pistols is a, a definite. Yeah, I don't care for them. It's a write-off. Yep. Except for their little 380. Yep. So they made they like they made one that I'm good with, which is the one you were speaking to, and I believe the MSRP on that one is 479. Um, so I'd probably, probably, you'd probably get around 400 bucks. You could probably get it used or on consignment for cheaper than that. Oh yeah, you'd probably get 250 range, 300. Yeah. Um, okay, so t- going into Glocks. Okay. If I had to, I've owned three Glocks. And if I had to say my favorite one, probably the 19. See, my grandfather's a Glock guy. Mm-hmm. He's got them all. Mm-hmm. My favorite of his is the 26. 26 long? Is it a long slide? No, this is the short subcom. So okay. maybe the 36. Single stack or double stack? Double stack. Okay. 357 SIG. Okay. Um, that's my absolute favorite Glock. But other than that, okay. I could do I could do without Glocks. Yeah. See, the thing about Glock is Glock is super reliable. They are super cheap. It's like going out and buying a Toyota Corolla. You know that some gun's gonna run. You know when you crank it up, it's gonna run and it's not gonna let you down. It that might Corolla, be, you could put any type of gas exactly. in, it's gonna run. That you, Glock, you can any put type it, of ammo. You can put whatever you want in it. It will run consistently the same way. It's not gonna break on you. You can shoot it in whatever conditions you want. But it's not ugly. It's not com- I mean, it is ugly. It's ugly. It's not comfortable to shoot. It's not comfortable. You're Aiming if you start out on another gun and go yes. to a Glock, yes. you're going to be six inches high yes. no matter what you I, do. to this day, have that <laughs> issue. Because, see, like, how a lot of people like me and you, have we learned, you know, have we learned to shoot? When it comes to uh, a gunfighting type of shooting, you don't necessarily aim as much as you're looking for a sight picture. Right. I have to aim to shoot a Glock. Yep. 1911, pull up, wait for sight picture, boom, I'm good. Glock, I will not do it. I can't do it. I cannot do it. And that's if, you know, if, if I do I, not aim with a Glock, I am six inches above, mm-hmm. and that is due to the grip angle of the Glock. Mm-hmm. So, and there's not anything you can do to change it. No, there's no aftermarket for it mm-hmm. as far as to adjust that grip angle. No, I wonder with the MOS where the top plate comes off and you can mount a holograph on it, that might change the game a little bit. But I don't know anybody that it doesn't every day carries a pistol with a holograph side on it. Um, I know one guy, but he's he does it for stupidity reasons, mm-hmm. not for actual practical reasons. Um, yeah, an MOS would be... I think that would change the game, but as far as the regular steel sights... Yeah. Um, and they break down super easy. I mean, they're easy to clean. Unless you get into the suppressor sights. Okay. Because they're... They're taller. They're a little bit taller, yeah. so those are a little bit easier. Okay. Um, and, you know, probably the best thing about them, too, is they're made here in Smyrna, Georgia. Yep. So... You know, everyone I've ever had, like, I bought two used and one new. First thing I do is take it down to the Glock factory, have them clean it, completely rebuild the insides, and every bit of that's free to you. Mm-hmm. They do not charge you for that unless you want to upgrade done to it. And the thing is, like, I went down there, had three magazines, you know, used magazines, and every time I've taken those used magazines down there, they give me brand new magazines for free. They swap them out. They swap them out for free. Yep. Um, so, you do have that. Glock's got great customer service. I mean, that's one thing I'll give them all day long. They've got great customer service. Don't ever try and work for them, though, because you'll never get hired. Well, I wouldn't know anything about that. I've applied three different positions at them, never heard back from them. Well, there you go, then. Um, what else have we not covered? Talk about revolvers. Well, before we get into 
revolvers. Let's okay. let's discuss. Um, there are other guns out there on the market mm-hmm. that are sub five hundred dollars. Yes, that certain people will swear by. Okay, High Point, Bursa, Jimenez Arms. Jimenez, I can't speak to. Bursa, the Bursa Thunder's all right. The Bursa Thunder has too many issues. Mm. And that's the same with the High Point. There's too many issues well, for me to honestly recommend. I will say this about guys. High Point. I have never had a High Point jam on me. True. I've never had one jam on me. And I'm sorry, like, even if you don't pull a trigger and you, somebody pulls a freaking High Point forty five on you, like... You're looking down look, a big board. You're looking point. down a cannon. Yeah. I mean, it is a massive gun. And you're just like, why? Just, just I mean, the thing weighs 20 pounds. I mean, they, they I will give high point that they don't jam. They are somewhat reliable, but they are butt ass ugly. Butt ass ugly, and you can also use it for a hammer. Yep. So I mean, makes you wonder: Is high point made in Russia? Might be. <laughs> might very well be. All right, um, so we'll move on to revolvers now. Um, start with thirty-eights. Oh uh, yeah, we can start with thirty-eight. All right. Um, or do we want to take a little break? Oh, let's take a break. Let, let's we'll take a little back. commercial break. We'll be back. All right, so this is a first for Slapdash Hodgepodge. We're going to be doing a brief commercial break. Uh, this is Carlin. I'm kind of going to explain what's going on with this episode. We are testing out uh, different types of episodes that we're going to do in our off-season. That way we still provide you with content on a weekly basis. This is one of our tester episodes. Uh, if you like it, please feel free to reach out to us and let us know. Alright, so this is Carlin and Will, and we're back from our little commercial break. Um, we are going to be discussing revolvers now. Will, you want to take it away? So, what I have for my for my revolver, I have a Smith & Wesson J-Frame Airlite, which comes in a 38 Special. Um, my only complaint with it, and it's something I can change out, it's uh, just I haven't done it yet, it comes with a Grip that is too short, I can't get my pinky on. Um, I would like to go to a little longer grip. So it's got the, the little one, one and a half inch grip on it? Pretty much. Um, I got this one. Now, Grant, I did buy this one used. Uh, cracked me up when I bought it. They said the guy bought it. It was still in the box when I got it, which really threw me off. Um, they said, well, the guy bought it, shot it, come back two weeks later, sold it back to us because he said it kicked too hard. And I was like, what is up? 38 special. I was like, okay, whatever. I bought it anyways. I bought it for like 370 bucks, something like that. Um, might have been 350. Well, that being said, with the with the air light frame, it is a little snappy, but I, uh, you know, nothing uh, more than you're used to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So you carry a 45. So um, <clears throat> as far as a double action, I mean, that's a good way to go. But the best revolver I have owned was. Again, going back to Rock Island, was my Rock Island. I think it's the M103. Uh, it's basically like a J-frame. Looks like a Colt Detective model. It's Rock um, Island's clone of the Colt Detective. Yes. Phenomenal um, shooting 38 special. Yeah, I shot... I don't think I ever shot yours. Zach had one. Zach had one, and Drew had one for a little while, and I, mm-hmm. I shot both of theirs. That was a good-feeling yeah. revolver. Gun, um Problem is nobody carries them. Nobody keeps them in stock. Exactly. Um, Zach bought his from Cabela's. I found the last one that any Cabela's had in the state of Georgia, and I went and got it. 
And I think Drew got his from Bass Pro. Yeah. So why there's not a very widely stocked gun? I'm not I think sure. it's just that it's not as popular. Mm. Like people are expecting from Rock Island, they're expecting 1911s. Yeah, that's pretty much all Rock Island produced in 1911s. Now Rock Island does have a AR shotgun now. But that's through Arms Corps, isn't it? That is through Arms Corps. Rock Island itself does not technically, it still technically exists. The Rock Island name has been around since World War II. It'll never go away. Right. Arms Corps is their <clears throat> performance, performance series, series yeah. basically. Um, you know, even the new the new 1911s come stamped Arms Corps, but they're, everybody knows they're still, they're still Rock Island. Island. Um, so I would say that would, um, between those two, you're not going to go wrong with the Smith & Wesson all that long. Smith & Wessons are just good. Um, you own a Taurus, I believe, or owned? I, I own a Taurus. It's the um, Polymer Defender Series, okay. which is one step down from their Judge. It's okay. a 357 uh, 38 Special. Mm-hmm. It is... It's a polymer frame, mm-hmm. so it's lightweight enough that you can carry it on a daily basis. Um, it comes out of the box, comes with a small grip. Mm-hmm which is meant for more conceal. Mm-hmm. And then it also has a full-size grip in the box. I personally carry it with the full-size grip. Okay. Um, I've shot that gun with the smaller grip. That gun flew out of my hands. Okay. First time that has ever happened with me in a firearm, it flew out of my hands. And I'm like, nope, that's going to get changed right now. Yep. Um, it's a five-shot. I wish it was a six-shot. Mine is a five as well. But I think for what you... Because when you carry a revolver on a daily basis, you are expecting a specific thing. Mm-hmm. For what you're expecting to carry a revolver daily, I highly recommend this one, even though it's a Taurus. Mm-hmm. But Taurus is better for revolvers. Yes. Uh, revolvers and shotguns, Taurus has... They're mm-hmm. on par. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say shotguns is because Taurus and Beretta are the same company. Okay. Such as Arms Corps and Rock yes. Island. Uh, so you're 80 grand... Uh, Beretta shotgun is technically a Taurus. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a good little fun gun to shoot. Okay. I also have a Smith & Wesson 38. Okay. Uh, Two-inch stub. I haven't had a chance to carry that one because I don't have a, a good holster for it. Okay. Um, it was my great-grandfather's gun. The holster that came with it, I don't like because it's an exposed trigger holster. Okay. And that... That's always been a big no-go for me. Nope, um, same way. Um, it's yeah. got a, a bound hammer, Yeah, but it's an exposed trigger. Well, it's one of those things, you get that hammer, it's a double action, you get that hammer. It's the, still the a trigger, double action. The trigger so, pulled, you know, what it, you can say what you want, it might push the gun down more in the holster. And, exactly. You know, there's a number of things that can go wrong there. Um, I don't recommend for beginners to carry a revolver. No. Um, the big thing about... Uh, a revolver is and again like you said not for necessarily for beginners revolvers aren't necessarily going to jam okay but if you have a properly functioning and a clean weapon your weapon's not going to jam your weapon's anyways. not going to jam um, your carry gun in my opinion should be cleaned at least once a week most people do not adhere to that um, I do not um, now I do clean mine once a month that is one thing I will do but the one thing that I try to make sure is like, you know, using when we have range days, you know, you, I'll go with you. I might go with Drew a couple days later. I'll go somewhere else a couple days later. During that solid week, I do not clean my gun. 
don't and the know. reason the reason for that being is I figure okay if my gun can be shot every day for a week solid or almost every day if it cannot function with the amount of carbon buildup that it has gotten over those couple of days of, of firing if it can't function with that amount of carbon then I don't need to carry it very because true because it can't power through it same reason how like whether or not people will knock them or not you get anything inside of an AR it ain't gonna function no unless you I know some people that have you know manual operating rods um, they'll they'll work all day like that same reason that's the reason AK-47 is so reliable mm-hmm. um, you can I mean you can put anything in them and they'll fire um, now I will say the last AR that I built the 5.56 one mm-hmm. I have not cleaned that gun once because it runs better dirty than it does clean. Mine that I have is very particular about ammo. Um, it was until I changed the uh, BCG out on it. So that could have been part of the issue. But, I mean, you got anything in it. I mean, it's a speck of, you know, speck of dirt. You know, you run steel ammo through it. It wouldn't. Yeah, mine, it would mine runs better dirty. Yeah. But now, since I've changed mine out, it'll run just about everything so you know it depends on the gun I mean like you know it depends on when when the gun was made people would think people think it doesn't make a difference but it makes a big difference when the gun was oh, made yeah. um, you know depending on what the kind of craftsmanship you're going to get out of it um, and it also depends really and truly who made your barrel yep with most guns whoever made your barrel if it's some unknown company mm-hmm. you're probably going to face a barrel jam yep but if you look at your more reliable companies like KAK mm-hmm. they're cheap barrels for rifles those are going to last. Yep. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, let's, let's talk about this. Let's go back. I will say one thing and like, you know, obviously I'm not putting any kind of plug in for Rock Island. You know, I just, I do like the quality of firearm for the price. It is a very, they are very expensive firearms. Let me pause you for a second. We will put a plug in for Rock Island if you want to sponsor us. Please yes. hit us up. Yep. But, um, you can't beat the quality of what it is for the price. Exactly. Um, for the price, they, they function well, don't have issues. Um, out of the four that I own, I have, I don't think I've ever had one actually like jam up, jam up that wasn't a magazine issue. Yeah, I think most of yours, when we go to the range and we take in all of your Rock Islands, it's been a mag issue. It's been a mag issue. And so, and what, and we come to find out, I had, uh, I was using that one particular ACT mag because I had higher capacity on it. Um, had a cracked um, a feed lip on it. Really? And that's what that's what I because I got rid of that mag, got another one. I haven't had an issue with it since then. Huh. Um, but I will say, and the thing is too, you got you know when you're buying a firearm, you know you got several things to look into. You know, look at the warranty. Rock Island is lifetime um, transferable warranty, if I remember correctly. Like I had an issue with mine, and what it was is I I'd had that gun since 2010. Mm-hmm. And just shot it and shot it and shot it. Um, you know, things wear out over time. Springs wear out, pins Springs wear out. Springs wear out, metal wears down. Um, it's going to happen. My barrel was bulged in it. That happens from, you know, it could be from fire and shit. Ammo, I mean, there's a lot of things. That, Heavy loads. Exactly. A lot of things go into it. Packed it up. I called uh, uh, Rock Island. Sent it to them. They sent me a mailing label. Sent it to them. They completely redid the gun, changed the barrel out. You know, rebuilt all the springs, everything, and sent it back at no cost. No cost to me at all. Yeah, um, Taurus has kind of the same deal. Mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I have not used Taurus's um, 
program, but I know they have the same deal. Mm. And I have a tourist sitting in my safe that I want to send back to them and see. Um, the retaining pin, the retention mm. pin, magazine retention pin, mm-hmm. or magazine ejector, something like that, mm. broke. Okay. Completely sheared. Okay. Um, I reached out to them and I called them and I'm like, hey, this happened. And they're like, well, we don't actually sell that part, but you can send us the gun back. And the only thing that would cost me would be shipping. Okay. Shipping I mean, to them. You know, and even that's. Then. Even then, it's not that bad. You know, you may pay 20 bucks. Maybe, um, yeah. You know, but, you know, to keep that firearm functioning like that and to maintain it, you know, that's just something you can't beat. And a lot of companies now are starting to have that, that lifetime warranty on them because, you know, you start getting the computers and machines where because of the precision that they're able to put out with that robot, you know, have you. They're getting a better um, tolerance. You're than getting, you're getting better you. tolerances. You're getting good craftsmanship at a lower cost. Yeah. So they can afford to do that. Um, you know, and, and believe it or not, you know, the gun community is changing a lot. There are a lot more people, whether or not you would think it, there are a lot more people nowadays carrying firearms. Yep. Um, you know, even with all the, you know, the gun grabbers and everything going Um, on. I've noticed more recently, I'll say since 2011, Mm -hmm. there's been more of the gray movement. Okay. Which is, yes, I'm carrying a firearm, but you can't tell. Yep. Yep. Uh, I'll say since 2011, the gray movement has kind of uh, taken off. You know, and, and there's been people that I would never expect to carry firearms. That I would oh, think, most well, they're not that kind of person. And sure enough, they're carrying, and they're great shots. Yep. Um, you know, people, friends that I have that I know, um, you know, never thought that that man would own a firearm in his life. Um, great shot. Yep. One shot with him a couple weeks ago. Great shot. Um you know, but he, you know, basically from what I understand, had never really been around firearms, wanted to learn about them, you know, took classes, read a lot of books, watched the videos, went to the range, practice, practice, practice. And, you know, that, that's really all anybody can do starting out. Yeah. Know, he took the... And honestly, when you're looking to buy your first pistol, bring somebody along. Don't yep. Don't just listen to the salesman. No. Bring somebody along that has at least a basic firearms knowledge. Mm. And this has been stressed to me my entire <clears throat> life. Anytime you want to go look at firearms, guns of any kind, I'll go with you. Yep. And the reason I'll go with you is because I have a little bit of knowledge behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so would you say that we, we've wrapped up with the revolver end of it? Um, pretty much. Okay. Unless we... I mean, there's 22 revolvers out there that are fun to shoot, but I wouldn't recommend carrying them. No. So what I would say is, let's talk about the characteristics of a firearm that you want to look for starting out. Starting out, I would probably have to say... um, Oh, this one's simple. How common is the gun? Okay. Because if you get a gun that... Let's use... um, Was it Breda that had the curved handgun? Or no, we'll use a Walter, a Walter okay. PPK. Okay. Um, they're a great gun to shoot, but not that many people carry them. Mm-hmm. So parts, magazines, holsters. holsters, you're going to have a hard time finding it. Go with a gun that's common. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say, you know, now, now Grant, this is what you want to do. You know, now, that's not to say that later on you're like, look, I love this gun. I'm in love with it. I want to buy it. And you have, you know... You are willing to accept that I'm not going to be able to find a holster. Fizz. I'm going to have to buy a custom holster every time. I'm going to have to wait. Then, you know, more power to you. There's, you know, nothing but that with that. buying a custom holster every time, 
you'll probably buy three or four holsters, and I'm using our buddy Drew as an example. He carries his 44 Magnum mm-hmm. revolver mm-hmm. all the time. He had three or four holsters made for it that just didn't work. Yeah. And then he stumbled across a holster maker mm-hmm. that made the perfect holster for his gun. Yep. And uh, I would tell you the one thing I look at is, so my biggest, well, two biggest things is ergonomics. Okay, how does it feel in my hand? Okay, and that's a big thing too a lot of people don't realize. Not everybody is going to be built to shoot a certain size gun. Okay, I have really big hands. We'll use me and Will as the perfect example. He has huge hands. Me, I've got medium to small hands. Yep. So where, you know, do I enjoy shooting it? No. Do I think it's a great gun to shoot? No. But let's bring Smith & Wesson 500. Okay, it's a big revolver. In all honesty, to shoot the 500, I am not comfortable shooting it with a no. standard no. grip. It is the kind of gun that if I shoot it, my hands hurt and I know I shot it. Yep. But my hands are bigger and more suited towards it than somebody Carlin size would. You know, like a 1911. Not saying you can't effectively shoot a 1911 if you have small hands, but it because of its being slightly bigger, it may not always be the best fit for somebody with smaller hands. So you want to look for a gun and feel how it fits in your hand. Make sure your thumb wraps around properly to where you have a good grip on it. In my personal opinion, 1911s don't work for me. Mm. Because they're just, it's an awkward fit in my smaller hand. Mm. They're great guns, yep. but not for me. I understand. And, uh, you know, so, so I look at ergonomics, and then I look at trigger pull. Okay. Now, I like the 1911 because of the way the trigger's made with the wedge trigger versus, you know, pullback. I like the locks triggers. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to look for a gun that, number one, is not heavy on the pull and does not take forever and that's doesn't probably, have a long pull. That's yeah. It's not going to have a long pull, and that's the thing with a lot of double action. Um, yep. You know, is you're going to have that longer pull. Um, so you just want to look for one that, that's going to have the, that that shorter pull on it. Um, and the big thing with that being is, you know, in the heat of the moment, the longer the pull, unless you're just really good, you're going to pull your shot to the left or to the right, whichever hand you predominantly shoot with, um, can cause you to pull your shot. So you get in the heat of the moment. You got your adrenaline running, you're shaking, you know, everything. You're at any kind of distance you have the possibility you might miss. You know, so those are two things that I look for. Um, you know, and then I look at, okay, when it comes to cleaning time, how's this firearm breakdown? Yep. Okay, that's That where, should be one of the first things you look at. That's where Glock comes in. I love the way Glocks break down. And I... Not a huge fan of Glock's breakdown. I like Springfield's better. It's a little bit more simple mm-hmm. because Springfield, you slide the slide back, mm-hmm. you flip up the breakdown, uh, flip up the breakdown, mm-hmm. release the pressure on the slide, pull the trigger, and it comes right off. And that is the issue that I have with mine, and I was going to get it fixed at some point. Is so the 1911, your average 1911, it's not that hard to break down, um, you know, with your spring and everything, but. When you start getting into your newer ones that have guide rods... Going to pause you for a second. Um, just for our listeners, the gun is cleared. Um, you start getting into ones that have guide rods in them. So for this to work, with this particular guide rod, there is a hole in here. And so to break it down the way it currently sits, you have to get something into the hole. So for this being most time, most people use paper clips. Mm-hmm. I got to take a paper clip in there, twist it, release the slide all the way back forward. And then it'll push it out and allows me to take it apart 
once I take the the slide release off. Now, like I said, your average 1911 doesn't break down that way, but any of your newer ones that have that full guide rod, that's how they break down. But Wilson Combat <coughs> makes a guide rod that breaks in half. Yeah, so you don't have to have that. Yeah. Um. So, you know that that's one gripe I do have about mine. It's not that big of a deal because I've been dealing with them for so long. Um, but for somebody that is like, okay, and there and there's a lot of parts to 1911s. Oh yeah, there's a whole lot of parts to them. So it might be something if you want to take time to learn it. More power to you. More power to you. Um, um, me personally, if he handed me his 1911 right now and said, "Here, break this down," I'd look at him and be like, "Sorry, yep. I, I I don't know how." You know, it's um, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like the way Springfields would break down, the way. Um, you know, Glocks break down. That's something, you know, you might want to look at as, you know, how, how quickly can I do this? You know, how quickly can I fix this? Not saying that you ever need to take a gun down quickly. No, but... But it's it's still nice to know, is this a pain in the ass to take mm -hmm. down? Or is this something simple that I okay. can do while watching I look TV? At it. Can I break this down in the field without anything extra? Okay. Okay. Can I break that, can I break that down the way it sits in the field with anything extra? No. no. I cannot. False. Full size. Your pocket dump. Well, well I'm, I'm saying like with, with, with nothing in my pocket. Oh, okay. With, with a, nothing in your pocket, with, you're bare ass naked and all you got is your 1911. Yes. No, you down? can't break it I down. can't break it down. Okay. A standard 1911? Yes, I can. Yes. A Glock? Yes, I can. Um, Springfield? Yes, you can. Exactly. Shield? Yes, you can. So, with what I carry in a pocket dump, yes, I can break that firearm down. Um, you know, but it, it, it just depends. I um, mean, again, that's us taking it to an extreme. Um... What else would you look for in buying? I don't know. I would say... Um, I wouldn't say magazine capacity because you really... Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in... Like I said, if I need more than 10, I probably need to get the hell out of if I If I need more than 10, my pistol is to get to my rifle. Pretty much. Um, okay, so let's talk about carrying applications. How are you going to carry you know, for instance, like say, if I was a female and I carried in my purse, I wouldn't want to carry a hammer revolver. Okay, if you're a female carrying in your purse, how easily can you get to your gun in your purse? Not very easily. That's also why I don't particularly carry, carry purse. in purse. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't, I don't carry in a purse anyways. But I'm just saying, if I was a female, I probably wouldn't carry in my purse. Um, your most common options for beginning carriers is your ankle, mm -hmm. your hip. Or a shoulder rig. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and say the ankle, that's only a certain, certain people can do ankles. I personally can't do an ankle holster, but I can just as easily put that gun in a uh, sticky holster and shove it down in my boot. Yep. I won't carry <clears throat> anything in my ankle unless there's, rarely, unless there's not, not another way for me to conceal it. Or unless it's a backup, because I can't, if I'm running, I can't get to it. Fair enough. Um, I personally only carry on the hip, and I only carry in the small of the back, depending on what I'm doing. If I'm on a motorcycle, I carry small of the back just because it's not comfortable on my hip. Right. Um, that's inside the waistband. You got some guys that can appendix carry, but when you're like me and Carlin, carry it, around a little in extra. In all honesty, if you have any bit of a beer gut, yep. you cannot properly yep. appendix carry and then if you do that, you run the risk of bruising or cracking ribs. Yes. Um, another thing is, too, just me, I'm not, I know the gun's not going to go off. 
I'm personally just not comfortable with something pointing at my my uh, genitals. Yeah, um, um, something pointing at my junk is not a not not, not a go to. Um, I'm not a fan of appendix because I cracked ribs doing it. Yep, but it is a great it is a great quick pull. It's yeah, a great quick. It's a great you can spot do it to pull from. Seated. Yep. Standing. Great spot to pull from. That one I have appendix carried. That one I have appendix carried holster for it. I can do it. Um, but if I gotta sit down or anything, it's just it ain't happening. Honestly, for me, um, because I think carrying on my hip when I was carrying the full size forty five, mm. I think that really screwed my hip up. Okay. When I was carrying inside the waistband, um, anything for me now, if it's not on my shoulders, mm-hmm. it's not comfortable to me. Um, I do like shoulder holsters. You know, I think um, if I remember correctly, your shoulder holster you have is vertical versus where mine's horizontal. Is that correct? Yours points down or is it point no, back? Mine points back. Okay. Um, you can configure because mine's the alien gear shape shift. Mm-hmm. So it you can either configure it vertical or horizontal. So you're not carrying a Galco anymore. The Galco's for the full size forty five. Okay. And that one also points straight back. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do the shape shift holster because it fits my. Uh, it fits my shields, basically, and it is um, it's set up currently at horizontal. Mm. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the vertical unless it's I'm easier doing to a, conceal. It's easier to conceal, harder to draw. It is harder to draw. Um, the only thing that I could ever see myself vertically carrying in a shoulder rig is like a uh, four fifty four revolver. Yeah, a long barrel revolver, four fifty four cat skull or yep. five hundred mag, mm. something like that. Then I'm doing the whole dirty hairy thing yep. to draw it. Um, and I will say, let's see. Trying to think as far as you know, is there anything else that you look for when you know? Not really. I mean, okay. I mean, that's you know, those, those are some pretty good things. I think right because there. Your beginner shooter, okay, it's got true glow sights. Oh, it's just got black sights. It doesn't really matter for your beginner. Yep. And I will say for a beginner, you know, you know, there is something to be said for going to classes, taking classes, learning safety rules. Learning. I I am all for going to classes. Yep. Um finding an RSO, which is a range safety officer, mm. that is willing to sit there and teach you. Not necessarily on the range. Mm-hmm. Um I was NRA certified as an instructor mm. for several years and as an RSO and a senior RSO for a couple of years. Um, I was always willing to take time out of what yes. I was doing to teach somebody. But the way I look at it is ultimately your safety, you are the only one responsible for your safety. So, you know, with the knowledge that you are given, it is up to you as to how you apply that knowledge and what you do with it. Um, you know, and also the thing, the thing to remember is just also remember, you know, yes, go take the classes, take the safety classes, get as much information as you can, but remember that classes does not make you a good shooter. You are going to need that range time, and that is the best way that you will become the and best shot you can is just by shooting and shooting and shooting and applying to what you learn in the class to shoot with. To piggyback off of what Will's saying, the classes are great. It's not going to make you a wonderful shooter. It's not going to make you be able to, in a situation where you would ever have to use your gun, though, be able to possibly pull. Yes. I recommend taking tactical. Yes. There, there is a difference well. between shooting and gunfighting. Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of people don't marry. Everybody's like, "Oh, well, I'm a great shot." That's fine. You know, 
you get with some of the training that you know I've had or some of the training that Carlin had, you know, where they put you in stressful situations, they get your heart rate up, you know, they'll have you go run a mile, go carry this, go do that, and then draw and shoot. Is that 100%? Do I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that it's the same? It's not the same, mm-hmm. but it is close as you can get. It will get you as close as you can without actually being in the situation. Yes, it'll get you get your heart rate up. It'll get you shaking. It'll get you out of breath. You know, and though that's those are going to be some of the things that you know, and and that's where you know when I was speaking earlier about shooting off sight pictures. Shooting off sight pictures is a gunfighting. It's a gunfighting technique, it, not it is, a range it shooting is technique. To, Shoot, it is to shoot faster, not necessarily as precise, because I believe the whole thing, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, my first shot's got to be well-placed. I don't believe that. I believe that first shot, as long as I hit you, it delay, it delays you enough that I can get a second shot off that is more precisely placed. And my thought process is uh, accuracy through volume. Yes. In a gunfighting situation, accuracy through volume. Yes. And that's not saying that what I just said, that's not disagreeing with you. That's just my first shot. Right. My first shot is enough to delay you enough to get that second shot off to put you down. Yep. Hoping my first shot does put you down. But if not, the second one will. Yeah, my mindset on tactical gunfighting mm-hmm. from what volume. my training is, mm-hmm. is accuracy through volume. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be instructors out there that will look at me and be like, that's wrong. And I go, it's effective. It works. Yep. Yeah, that's one of those things, you know, if I'm, if I know for a fact you're my only threat, I'm most likely going to empty my magazine into you. Yep. Um, you know, and when I'm done, I'm going to assume that you're down and you're done. So. All right. So this has um, been a lengthy podcast. It has. It has. Um, this is possibly the start of a new offshoot series from Slapdash HodgePodge where we will be discussing the more tactical defensive side of shooting, guns, ammo, um, um, concealed carry gear, concealed carry gear, certain situations. If you, the fans, like this, please let us know. Um, we're looking at doing more episodes of this based um, during our season break from Slapdash HodgePodge. So I'm going to go ahead and close with this. This has been a Slapdash HodgePodge Presents. Um, right now we're calling this Tactical HodgePodge with Carlin and Will. Y'all have a good one.